The round of 16 draw result of the UEFA Champions League this season is, well, too regular to be irregular? Nearly all of the eight games seem one-sided or not close enough at least. The only exception may be the contest between Inter Milan and Atletico Madrid, but considering the two teams' styles of playing, their competition may also be very close but very boring at the same time. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I'm your host, Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague, Josh, here. Great to be back. So, like you uh, said before we started, this is a very weird draw result. Yeah, like, I understand the whole reason behind the seedings to make sure everyone kind of gets a fair shake. But you look at a lot of these, and the gulf in talent Mm -hmm. in terms of success, in terms of just size of club it's remarkable and it's one thing to look at this and see like okay there's a giant killing here or an upset there for me i look at this rundown and we have eight teams and i feel like i can already i mean eight games i can already pick probably six of the winners just by virtue of who has been matched against who for example um manchester city versus copenhagen and psg versus real sociedad yeah PSG, yes, they do have a wobble in them. And Manchester City are in a bit of a slump. So I suspect in both cases, the underdog would give them a game. Mm-hmm. But when it's two legs uh, spread home and away, the just level of consistency and quality that the big teams will have will surely be too much of these smaller ones. And that's kind of a issue that I know that they were trying to clear up with the Champions League going forward. You know, we mentioned last time, it was the last group stage. Now it's going to be the Swiss League model mm-hmm. where it's eight different games. I don't know how it's necessarily going to work. But you do look at this and you realize between top of the group and second in the group, it isn't like gold and silver medal. It feels like gold medal and then miles away in terms of yeah uh, what the teams can do. True. I mean, uh, Sociodad, I've never been a fan of PSG, as everyone knows. But again, mm-hmm. Sociodad are that kind of typical club that... Sometimes they're good and good enough to be in the Champions League, even good enough to lead the group. But then you know they will just lose in very near future because if they're really that good, that means some of their players will leave in one or two seasons. If they're not that good, then, you know, it's more of a good luck thing. And Copenhagen, their total salary is, what I heard, is 66 million euros. Or Mm. is it market price or something? Anyway, it's less than that for one single player of Erling Holland. Yeah. How is this a fair contest? I mean, what are they thinking? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's that their entire team is two thirds of Jack Grealish. Yeah. Which is absolutely insane. And we saw across the group stage, Copenhagen, you know, fair play to them for getting this far because they really gave it their all. But at some point the way the group stage evens out is not the same as doing two legs back-to-back against a team the size of Manchester City. Mm-hmm. You know, I would almost favor Real Sociedad to do kind of like a remontada almost and kind of grind, get maybe have a draw the first game around, win the second. Whereas with a Manchester City or looking at the rest of them, a Bayern Munich versus Lazio and Arsenal versus a Porto, the quality is simply too great. And I... I'd love to be wrong in a lot of these cases, you know, some more excitement in the Champions League. But 
for me, this draw looks just way too biased. Yeah, I just hope they don't set a new record of uh, the biggest win or the biggest biggest loss in the round of sixteen. That will be yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, too brutal. So Inter Milan and Atletico Madrid. Mm. First, do you, who do you think has a better chance of beating the other? Well, this is like for me the highlight of the group mm-hmm. by virtue of who they have, and also not necessarily who the players are. But if I look at the Uh, teams in question. Yes, Inter are top of Serie A right now, while Atletico are, I think, in fourth place. They were third and they lost this weekend. Mm -hmm. Either way, that's like the champion of the weakest league in Europe versus a contender in one of the more difficult leagues to win. Um, And I feel like they are fairly equal. Not only that, but you see the way their performances are. There's no, like, you know... With Bayern, for example, they steamroll everyone, then they stumble a little. Or, as we've been seeing with Manchester City lately, they score early but fail to close out games. With Atletico Madrid and Inter Milan, I feel like you can just can you can imagine all kinds of permutations. One leg will be a 3-0 stonking, the other one will be a draw. A lot of things can happen. And I think that all comes down to the attackers that both sides have. Uh, Antoine Griezmann is really loving this winger position as part of like a two up front with Alvaro Morata kind of like I say winger kind of like winger second striker floating in that position Mm -hmm. it really helps a creative player like him gives him a lot of opportunities to not just score but to create assists but again that's that's a good thing about it It isn't just giving these guys always hunting goals anything feels like it can happen with that duo and it's the same uh the other side of things with uh, Lautaro Martinez and Marcus Turam Martinez seems to be finding his footing as a center forward with a strike partner in Turam. It's almost the opposite where with the creativity that Atletico have, it can produce goals, sometimes it can't. With these two up front, it's such a straight-ahead style of play that either it works or it doesn't and they have no plan B. So I really want to see how those play out, especially that um, the way both of these teams set up, typically with like a... Three five two almost, mm-hmm. which means that you're going to have these real big midfield battles. Yeah, uh, like Marcus Urente running the Atletico side of things, Barella running the Inter side of things. So head to head, position to position, for me, this one puts not the biggest names, but the most fun names, the most exciting names together, and that's for me probably going to make it the best, the best uh, two legs of the tie. I yeah, suspect. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this two these two teams will be interesting to play with each other because it will be one of those baseball games. Like, there's no home run, there's no strikeout. Mm. Like, no one can score easily. There's a lot of defense plays, and just like in the midfield, everyone is trying to get the ball. And Inter Milan, they're really good at pressuring the ball handlers. Atletico Madrid, since uh, Simone became their manager, they have always been one of the best Counter Strike teams in the league.、Mm-hmm. And the thing is that when Inter lost to City last season in the、uh, Champions League final, I think what they fear the most is that they get totally out talented by the opponents. You know, like Grealish、right. and Holland. Atletico don't really have that kind of talent. They're like a solid team of Inter, and they don't move the ball like City does or like、uh, Barcelona in their prime prime time does. For Inter, like they pressure them, so maybe they can get the ball easily and attack more than Atletico. The thing is, with both Lautaro Martinez and、uh, 
uh, Trump. They're really hard-working players, but they're not the best finishers. Actually, judging mm. by what they did in the World Cup, they're kind of two of the, well, let's just say worst finishers in powerhouses I've ever seen. So this game can be, I think, one or two goals can actually decide the whole two-leg series. Yeah, that's it. Like, you know, I did mention that Lautaro Martinez has come on leaps and bounds this season. Yeah. I still wouldn't trust him as like a clinical finisher. No, I still wouldn't yeah. want to have him as my certified goal scorer. And not only that, with the City game, like you mentioned, there was that fear of embarrassment into that's definitely true. But also the way City were playing that season, it's all about possession, smother the game. With Atletico, particularly this season, like Simeone has always been... You know, I don't have a negative connotation with it, but very much the anti-football guy. Yeah. Nick a goal, sit back, 10 men behind the ball. That worked for him for quite a long time. Then it stopped. And now he's completely rejigged that entire team with most of the same parts. Koke's still there, Urente still there, Sol Niguez is still there. It's the exact same parts, but now they are just constant forward motion, always recycle the ball, always move it, which is to say that if... Inter have similar fears like they did with the City game. Mm-hmm. They only have time for it. They will have to fight back. They will have to pressure. So I feel like this will be very much a, in boxing, say styles make fights. Mm-hmm. I feel like the styles of these two teams are going to come together and give us a bit of a blockbuster. That's true. So um, on, on second thought, of the eight so-called like leader of the group stage, I think one of them is what I would call a fat guy, but a very hollow inside, and and that's Barcelona. Because yeah. I mean, they have a much more glorious history in the Champions League, definitely than Napoli, but not necessarily this season. I mean, Napoli, I would say, have maybe not the best chance, but definitely have a chance against Barcelona. Yeah, absolutely. Because this Barcelona squad, like I mean, you said it perfectly. They have a legacy. They have a history. They even have big names. You know, when you look at the team, yeah. Ilkay Gundogan, Robert Lewandowski, uh, Koundé, Joao Cancelo, there's a lot of names there. And yet, I'm just not seeing any results. It really is almost like a hologram when you see them play. You see Barcelona. You see Xavi Hernandez on the sidelines. You see the Camp No. It should be Barcelona as I've known it ever since I've known football. And instead, you know, I look at this team and I think to myself, yeah, sure, on paper, I would say stronger than Napoli. But then I look at Napoli, who they have, with Victor Ozyman and Kavrashkalia, um, and I think to myself, with Walter Mazzari as the coach, and knowing full well that they are going to a bigger team, that there's no real expectations, that they are currently fifth in Serie A, so not even guaranteed a place, assuming... I'm saying this assuming that the amount of places for next year remains the same when they change to the Swiss model. This is going to be a side that just goes out there and gives it their all. Mm -hmm. And if you are a team that is perhaps as entitled as Barcelona, as we've seen them be previously in the Europa League and the Champions League, I feel like we could see a massive upset. Of all the ones where I'm thinking to myself, I'd like to see an upset. Mm -hmm. This is the one where I'm expecting, I think, an upset. Or if not an upset, a very, very tough two games for Barcelona. That's true. Uh, La Liga had the most clubs in the round of 16. And we just said uh, Sociedad didn't really have much of a chance against even PSG. Barcelona, probably not the best opponent if they have Napoli. Atletico Madrid and Inter, the closest one of the eight 
two-leg series. What about Real? I mean, they're supposed to be much better than Leipzig, but David Alaba suffered that serious injury, and he said goodbye to this season. They also have, um, let's see, Chouameni, who is on the injury list. Uh, Kutus is on the injury list. Militao is on the injury list. I mean, this mm. team doesn't have the most complete squad. Does that leave any chance for Leipzig to exploit? I think so, because I look at this team, and Carlo Ancelotti is a genius of a manager, but his genius is in his simplicity. It's just let them play in the positions they want to excel in. Yeah. And that's absolutely fantastic when you have the players to be there. You know, if you have Vinicius Jr. on your left wing, you can just let him go and run, and he will run the legs off defenders. And yeah, admittedly, they are more reliant on Duke Bellingham and perhaps Rodrigo for their goals, but still things get done. When I look at the players that are missing, it's so many of the stars mm-hmm. that he is probably going to rely on... Second string is a rough way of saying it, but not the players he wants to he wants to emphasize. And admittedly, you look at this squad, and if you're thinking second string and you come out with names like, you know, Danny Cabellos and Federico Valverde, well, you know, this it's still a great team. to the Champions League. But yeah, it's, it's a definitely not the team I anticipate. Um, I feel, though, that... They are just still an incredibly strong side. I mean, we saw last week against Villarreal. Yeah. You had Modric and Cruz. Modric even scored a goal, and he's 38 years of age. Mm-hmm. So there is still real talent in this team in every single position. It's just a case that with RB Leipzig, who are much younger, much more active. Um, again, like I was saying with Napoli, very much the team looking for the upset. I could see them pulling the strings a little bit and getting something out of it, but still... I do think that Real Madrid are just too strong in all positions and just too seasoned for this tournament to leave both legs uh, at a loss. That's true. What about Arsenal? I mean, I don't have much against Arsenal, but that team were kind of disappointment before Alteta took uh, became their manager. And now they have been on the rise. Maybe it's not the correct word for both seasons. And now they're in the round of 16. When was the last time that happened, actually? So do you right. think there are chances against Porto? I wonder. I mean, that's it. Against Porto, yes. I think they are pretty much a lock against Porto. My concern that I wonder is their squad depth mm. because they are so reliant on certain players, like Bukayo Saka, for example, yeah. who was injured because he was playing so many games in a row. We're kind of seeing this with a lot of the... English teams at the moment. It's you know we mentioned Newcastle United not getting through because mm-hmm. that was the same squad. Apparently, it was the basically per game. It was the same ten outfield players for sixty three in a row. I mean, of the ten outfield players, it was the same nine yeah. for sixty three games in a row. Like one would be swapped here, one would be swapped there, but it was the same things. With Arsenal, especially with the pressure of being top of the table, uh, especially with the pressure of this year's title race. Mm. It, Everyone was expecting it to be a two-horse race at Manchester City, but with Liverpool coming through, with Aston Villa surprising everyone, and Arteta having this reputation as like kind of a mini Pep Guardiola, micromanaging everything till there's nothing left. I feel like we are probably going to see the Champions League spreading them a little bit too thin when it reaches the climax. Mm-hmm. But against a side like Porto, I think they will be more than fine. Yeah. True. 
uh, first, and at this point, I think I need to apologize to uh, Borussia Dortmund fans because I leave their team at loss. But the Borussia Dortmund and PSV, I think they share something in common. They're always young and play this exciting, aggressive style, and then they get one or two or more of their best players headhunted by stronger clubs. And now they and the two teams are meeting each other. Do you th- which of them actually do you think will make it to the uh, quarters final? That is a really tough question because the issue with uh, Borussia Dortmund is there's just no consistency with yeah. this team. Like they have been incredibly good in Europe so far, so I can't doubt them too much. Mm-hmm. I have a strong feeling though that with them currently being fifth place in the Bundesliga, with uh, Stuttgart and uh, Stuttgart, Leipzig, Bayern, and Leverkusen ahead of them. Maybe they will need to be putting more priority on the league. Mm-hmm. When I look at that team, and you have like Nicholas Fulkrug up front, Marco Royce still being like the heart and soul in the midfield, I feel like there's still a lot of great players who can put on great performances. But again, the consistency isn't necessarily there. And admittedly, I'm looking at the squad for PSV Eindhoven, and I don't really recognize them. But what I do see is you have players like Jason Van Dwyven, mm. 18 years old. Yobi Vitesen, 22. Ricardo Pepe, 20. Isaac Babadi, uh, 18. Ismail Saibari, 22. It's such a young team. They're going to have so much energy. That'll be a very different scenario to what they normally get in the Bundesliga, what they have faced in the um, and in the group stage as well. So that is another game that I think can go either way. But I don't know if it'll be a case of... Basically, it'll be a case of what Dortmund turns up. If it's Europe Dortmund that we've seen so far, I think they'll do well. If it's Dortmund as they are in the Bundesliga, PSV could snatch him. That's true. I think that's why maybe this will be the most unpredictable matchup uh, in the round of 16. Yeah, definitely. If we were saying that uh, Inter versus Atletico will be the most exciting and most dynamic, mm-hmm. Dortmund is the one that really is like toss a coin. That's and true. anything anything could happen. I assume that, like, like I say, I assume that their great form in the Bund- in uh, the uh, Champions League, sorry, will continue, and especially against a younger, less experienced team in PSV. But then going ahead, I'm not so sure. That's true. I mean, going ahead is, will be the next issue, but the, definitely the next stage will be uh, much more difficult. Mm, precisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya. Speak to you then. Bye bye.